0: Welcome to the X-Men Files, a podcast where Inessa and Brian talk about the X-Men comics. He's reading them again as an adult, she's reading them for the first time. So grab your back issues out of their Mylar bags. Let's talk about the greatest comic book series ever, the X-Men. Welcome back to the place where we wait to exhale and we wait to giggle every time we giggle. Uh, This is a podcast about uh, the X-Men comics. I'm Brian.
1: I'm Inessa. And
0: uh, this week we've got a lot of tips for how you can make your spouse's life easier. Do we? Yes, we do. Uh, But first, let's recap. Yes. Issue 182.
1: Wow, that was like the quickest we've ever...
0: Well, it was. (laughs) Now it's not. All right. Issue
1: 182.
0: Issue 182. Rogue is standing over a pile of limp bodies while someone is fecklessly shooting at her. Rogue has clenched fists and Peter Pan boots. Things look interesting.
1: I also noticed the Peter Pan boots.
0: Yep. Inside, it's all... Wait, what? <laughs> okay, so this didn't go through grammar check. It's all smalls. I don't know what I intended <laughs> to write there. Okay. Sorry, I... uh <laughs> This is why we proofread things. I mean, if we were professionals. If, we were,
1: yeah, if this was a professional podcast.
0: Inside, it's all lovely reds and oranges. Rogue is flying and feeling happy, carefree enough to prank the pilots of a passenger plane. Yeah. Claremont loves his airplanes. Rogue flies in through Araro's plantless, minimalist, and very cool-looking loft and gives some exposition to new readers. She hears the alarm in the empty mansion and does what anyone would have done in the 80s, she checks the ginormous answering machine. <laughs> she hears the voice of Michael Rossi, who, and it takes off out the window. She misses the message about from Ilyana about the trouble that she, the new mutants, and Kitty are in. Uh, cross promotion. Cross promotion.
1: I didn't realize that was an answering machine.
0: Yeah, aboard Shield's helicarrier, a uniformed prisoner is getting kicked and donkey punched. <laughs> The good cop isn't wild about the beatdown that's being handed out, so he steps out for some fresh air. However, instead of air, he uses a secret communication device to send an urgent Delta flash to Royal Midnight. (laughs) Sounds like some weird speakeasy code, but it just means that he's making a video call to Sebastian Shaw at the Hellfire Club. Tessa identifies the man getting the shit knocked out of him as Michael Rossi, the same dude who left a message for Professor X. Shaw says he should be eliminated. Rossi, that is, not Professor X. But Rogue has other ideas. With a bit of cutting-edge 80s technology, a Susan B. Anthony dollar, she disables the helicarrier's security system and enters. She smashes the hell out of several instrument panels, thus giving her free reign on the ship. No Wookiee prisoner needed here. (laughs) One of Rossi's cappers shoots the other and is about to kill Rossi when someone says, Pardon me, sugar. Important dialect note. Sugar, not sugar. Rogue continues the code switching while being hit by gunfire. Dispatching the other guard, she drags Rossi by the shirt out of the helicarrier. Pursued by jets, she once again uses her numismatic totem of female suffrage to destroy a plane. She doesn't get in a dope action hero line like, keep the change, asshole. <laughs> but we can all think it. The two land in Cape Cod, where Rogue settles Michael into bed. She's simultaneously comfortable and confused by her surroundings. Michael is slowly coming around and trying to sort out why Rogue isn't talking like Foghorn Leghorn, and also knows Carol Danvers' secret recipe for soup. She knows stuff that only Carol and Michael would know, so she's clearly not a Skrull, although that doesn't make any sense because a Skrull would look like Carol Danvers rather than just act like her. It must be confusing to live in superhero places. (laughs) They argue a bit, and Rogue starts to fit the pieces together. She's living out all of the memories that she absorbed from Carol Danvers, and this causes her to freak the fuck out. Rossi finds her and explains what's going on. He is, we are not surprised to see, not sympathetic. After a sort of weird come-on from Rogue, he backhands her and walks away. Rogue is lying on the beach and feeling not awesome. Back on the helicarrier, Nick Fury manages to ID Rogue as the intruder. He puts the word out that she's to be captured using deadly force if necessary. I'm sure that won't pay off in any way a few issues from now. And there we have it. <laughs> uh,
1: that was a good one.
0: Thank you. Good yeah. recap. I yeah. mean, yeah. I, I really wanted to say that she would the coin and say keep the change bitch but it's you know it's all about female empowerment and like i can't undermine it <laughs> with that so it's, it's keep the change asshole
1: so then yeah it's a good way to say it then Actually, by tell the you
0: yeah. yeah. also
1: that you're not saying it in saying it
0: no i know that i've yeah. said it yeah. <laughs> i want you to i'm talking through my thought process because uh we are all about full transparency here on the x-men we? Okay. we are we, yes uh, although i mean we're, we're transparent about that I think we're very open about our transparency, and we're transparent about our openness. So our lives, our thoughts are open books. We we prize honesty and openness and transparency. here at the x-men files i'm just gonna
1: sit here silently and let you and if i (laughs) and
0: if i consider something and then i reconsider it and i re-reconsider it then you're going to hear about all of those considerations because uh considerations of honesty openness and transparency are what we are all about
1: very considerate of you to notify our listeners about our openness
0: I think that it and, was uh,
1: transparency,
0: kind and uh, considerate, and uh, that is, is what I have to say about that. Right. So,
1: thanks for right. listening.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you are not allowed to say thanks for listening ever again. You, uh, you, you, you. Do you think you, so? Do I abuse it? Well, like that. I mean, make it sound like I but, say it thirty-five
1: times an episode.
0: I mean, I mean the the whole the banter comes to a screeching halt whenever you do that. You, you, you have missed, just... you, you have abused your authority, and that authority will be taken away from you. Because if there's one thing that we prize <laughs> oh above above openness oh, well, and others. honesty and it's, transparency, it's the authoritarian rule of is, you. Apparently, it is autocracy. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> We prize autocracy above all of those other qualities.
1: Ooh. I usually say thanks for listening when I can't think of something, uh, you know, clever to say. Think harder. <laughs> I'm a little more awake than I was last time, but, you know, honestly...
0: Not, I'm not that awake either. I have loads. not had a single sip of coffee. I, I interrupted... I just watched a...
1: you take a sip of coffee.
0: No, you did not. I interrupted a nap for this. Yeah. You... <laughs> Okay, I was I was very peacefully lying on uh, the couch, uh, half asleep when not asleep. And this is this is my pitch. This is um, this is my concept that's going to one day be turned into a movie, a gender reversed science fiction story about Alaric, the uh, the goth. Okay. yep. There you go. Your move, Hollywood.
1: (laughs) Brian is now about to take a sip of his coffee. (laughs) He is taking a sip of his coffee. He is putting down his coffee.
0: I needn't remind you who Alaric the Goth is. <laughs> you needn't is.
1: remind me, but maybe you should remind our listener.
0: That's fair, because I, I do <laughs> want to be very open and transparent about that. <laughs> um, Alaric the Goth lived in the uh, late fourth and early fifth centuries AD and grew up in what is it now like present day Romania?
1: Present day New Jersey. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> oh my God. I'm doing,
0: I'm doing the heavy lifting, Mr. Mr. Week.
1: The Goth. What was he? Uh,
0: you know, what was he famous for? I mean, uh, I know, but just in th- case
1: somebody listening doesn't know,
0: well, I, I, <laughs> I because you know, I, I we all know that uh, classical and uh, low Middle Ages, low medieval history, you know, sort of late classical into early medieval uh, period, particularly. Uh, in Eastern Europe and the Balkans, that's kind of your forte. Yeah, it is so something I wanna... that I know a
1: lot about. So I am
0: kind of on your turf. <laughs> so I'd like to hear. I'd like to hear you. What, what... You, you talk about Alaric.
1: Alaric. Alaric. The, the Goth. Alaric the Goth.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, first uh, popularized the expression "Goth" because okay. he was the first, <laughs> the first person to wear a, uh, a leather trench coat
0: uh-huh. in the summer. Okay.
1: And also a lot of sweaty face makeup.
0: Sweaty face makeup. Yeah. Okay. But by the way, you've not yet hit any anachronisms. <laughs> Implausible. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Nothing anachronistic yet. So
1: and, keep going. And so he earned that name when he was walking with his with his leather trench coat.
0: I I, I guess where I'm confused is you say that he was the first goth. So what about his appearance? Made people say, "Hey, like he—he's a goth." Because my understanding is that 20th century gothic culture is hearkening back to um, high medieval uh, gothic uh, art and literature, but this predates that by half a millennium.
1: Yeah, so he was. <laughs> Yeah. So definitely. he was he was walking, and it was uh-huh. warm, and people were like, "That's weird. Why Dude, would you wear that yeah. leather trench coat? Because right. it's like a thousand fucking degrees out here." <laughs> right. And and then you know they said in their like sort of oldie worldy way of of talking that that mm-hmm. he uh, had, what language
0: would that have been in. <laughs> language, was that only really- Romanian? Romanian,
1: yeah, Romanian. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, right. And uh, so they said in, you know, the translation of it into Romanian, which you know I know, but wait, you wait, know, wait, our wait. listeners the don't, don't know. Al-
0: <laughs> They're Roman- talking
1: to each other in Romanian, and and what okay, they say, the way it. that it sounds to someone, you know, like us, it, ah. it would have sounded like, you know, he had he has goth crazy because he is <laughs> wearing. <laughs> So it's strange because... That leather coat, and it's hot, yeah. and there's makeup, and, like, why so hot? I mean, why? What are you trying to prove? And so he that's... Goth crazy? He goth crazy? He <laughs> and then crazy. And then they kind of got to Is know Gotham him was like, that Indian guy word? that... Well, that's what it sounds like. You know, that guy had... had sounds like to
0: whom? <laughs> I suppose. To, to people who spoke Latin He's goth and Greek?
1: crazy. And
0: that's how that term was coined. I guess, I guess I'm hitting a kind of a linguistic speed bump here. <laughs> I'm not saying anyway. I'm not saying that you're wrong. Did you see I drew a dragon? Or that you're making it up? I was curious you drew that dragon. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's a cute dragon. I drew that in kindergarten. And uh and by the way, just cuz I think it's important uh, to to clarify this. Um it, it is not you who are attending kindergarten.
1: <laughs> I mean sometimes
0: you are I mean, well, attending in the sense of, of your, your present, uh, but you're present, but you're not learning how to, like, read and write. But
1: I did learn how to draw a dragon.
0: Oh, very cute. Along you know, with the kindergartners. It's an adorable dragon. would have yeah. been great for last week's yeah. uh, issue, which was oh, focused right. on dragons. Dragons. Yeah.
1: Hmm. Anyway, moving back to, you know, I don't want to... Thank Christ for I that. <laughs> I don't want to alienate anybody with my, uh, you know, deep, deep knowledge of uh, whatever it was we were talking about before this. Fabric. so let's just go back to the yeah. issue
0: okay cool uh what, what what do we think of this issue i liked it yeah
1: i think so yeah nothing i mean you know i like the ones where there's like a lot of thinky stuff uh yeah less less fighting yeah um
0: agreed we're we're, we're both there
1: uh, did you notice so the, I, wrote, I made notes because i'm always dedicated I'm to the to the yeah. quality the, of this, uh, this podcast is like
0: the, the first page of your notes We'll get to the I mean, third or fourth pages. in a it's minute. It's like four
1: notes, but um, the first thing that I noticed as I was reading, the very you, you pointed out the gigantic, um, what's it called, uh, answering machine yeah. thing. Yeah. Did you notice his pipe carousel?
0: Fuck no! <laughs> oh my god! I, 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 I'll, I'll look it up. I,
1: I've got it right here. It's on page. That's
0: cool. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll find it.
1: On page five, okay, in the page middle, five. middle
0: left page five i was like what the fuck Mar- is that marvel app page five physical comic book page whatever
1: four i think
0: who was reading avengers number one was that you me
1: <clears throat> i mean i just glanced at it
0: wow mm. all right i should have just had you hand me your your ipad because yeah.
1: right now i've got to fill all this dead air while you scroll through it tell,
0: tell us more about romania I don't... <laughs> i'd love to hear more about romania Romania. Uh, some language notes on, on, on Romania, maybe?
1: <laughs> Look, you found your page. <laughs>
0: no, I haven't yet. We've got plenty what, of time. My tea's getting cold. <laughs> why, don't, why don't you have a... have a, What's the word for tea in Romanian? Chai. Chai? Yep. That's probably true. Yep. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 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 ancient or modern Romanian?
1: both ancient and modern romanian because uh you know tea tea was like money it's pretty universal
0: yeah, yeah. Money, T- tea was
1: money money for them is that where we got that expression tea is money you know it's funny in english
0: <laughs> yeah the language that we're currently speaking the language
1: that i believe <laughs> we are currently speaking yeah the word for another word for gypsies is roma yeah. right that comes from the same root as romania uh, yeah. But in Russian, it's not. The word for gypsies is neither gypsies nor Roma.
0: Okay. The Roma, um, I mean, it, yeah, Roma has something to do with Romania. Um, Roma people are originally from India. Hmm. Uh, I, I mean, as are as are lots of people, but um, yeah. The ethnography, and I'm way out of my depth already. <laughs> like, yeah. I think I've exhausted my knowledge. Yeah. Of, I mean, I don't know the Roma. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, that is a, yeah, that's a weird one. Whenever the, you say the, the, Romania, are, I
1: think of Roma, and, yeah, and then I think of that word in Russian, and it's a totally different word. Yeah,
0: ethnically from Indian. And um, the word gypsy has some, some etymology but mm. i blanking In Russian, it's cigany. It's what? Cigany. Okay.
1: Cigan. Anyway, pipe carousel.
0: Pipe carousel? I found it now, yeah. That, that's, that's amazing. Do
1: people that smoke pipes have that many pipes, or is it just like because... Charles Xavier is like so fucking rich
0: that he can like he's he just got... he buys pipes that he doesn't even need. That's <laughs> <laughs> like that's how how wealthy he is. Like yeah. I, he, he he like rolls up to the pipes or I don't even smoke, motherfucker. <laughs> I just want to <laughs> buy your pipes.
1: <laughs> seen him smoking a pipe?
0: Yeah, I don't think that we have ever seen him smoke a pipe. Um, I don't know how many pipes a pipe owner owns if a pipe owner could own pipe. Um. I worked with a dude. We had an offsite meeting. This was in Germany, and so we were somewhere in Bavaria for like a an offsite. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were there for like two nights, and so it's you spend the first day in this enormous place with like forty people, Ritz. and it's interminable. It was Tegernsee. That's where we mm-hmm. were, which is beautiful, mm-hmm, but
1: mm-hmm.
0: Uh, not worth it professionally. Yeah, no, <laughs> um, not. Yeah. I mean, it was. Uh, it is anyway. Afterwards, uh, you have uh, uh, the dinner and uh, this is like the after- this is a long pointless build up to nothing he smoked a pipe much like much like my life uh, but no, there was wow. a guy who had a pipe but he had it like it was a really groovy looking pipe this is like an artisanal hand carved pipe with like uh you know shellac and everything like like beautifully carved wood he had it in this special carrying case and he had all sorts of paraphernalia to like, he's just smoking tobacco right uh by the way because like like you would not trouble yourself to get high with a <laughs> pipe like that because it was just be yeah, you'd be did. so distracted by the pipe that you couldn't get high <laughs> Uh, but it was neat. Uh, that's, the only, that's as close as I've ever come to knowing someone who was into pipes. Yeah, and cool. he, he just had the one. For all I know, at home, he probably had like 50. But, yeah, am uh,
1: a pipe carousel. So do we... Okay, do we know Michael Rossi?
0: So we might... I even said in my notes, Michael Rossi, who? Who, yeah. Because um, I didn't know who he was. Yeah, I mean. he, he probably appears somewhere. I don't recall. So, I mean, we've not come across him yet. Uh, he may have shown up like in the Avengers or some shit. Uh, so yeah I mean it, in and in, in reading the issue you know we don't need to know who he is we're, we're, th- that is all revealed over the course of the issue
1: right. but he and then kind of remember now I mean you just did the recap, but I've forgotten already. Uh, the thing he storms off and then like I'm curious, do we ever see him again?
0: Oh who cares? <laughs> I, I mean, like maybe we do, maybe we don't. I, I don't. I don't have that question. Um, it, maybe we will. Uh, we're, we're actually getting close to the bit where I check out of the X Men for uh, for a few years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we got like maybe f- another five or six issues. Oh, that'll be fun. And, and then I don't know what happens. And then I, I come back for the uh, uh, the mutant massacre. Mm-hmm. Um, But there's a a kind of a dark period, dark, an unknown period of like, you know, 12 or more, more than that, I think somehow. But anyway, Mm. uh, so I have no clue, but but who cares?
1: All right. Um, I love the shield uh, flying thing. The helicarrier? Um, Yeah. That's
0: just like then, yeah.
1: Like in the movies? Like in the Avengers, Mm -hmm. I liked it. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Joss
0: Whedon didn't come up with that. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I know,
1: I guess, was observing. And then... um, I like. I always like white Nick Fury, Sorry, ca- Caucasian Nick Fury.
0: We, white. We Caucasian. can't say. I mean, if, I think we can. As a white person. Yeah.
1: I mean, <laughs> um, white Nick look,
0: Fury. I, I forgive my Archie Bunker moment, but like, like, I'm gonna call myself white, yep. and I don't know who's gonna get and 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 look at me like I. This fluorescent bulb in our closet is giving me a sunburn. Okay.
1: I'm am... <laughs> so white that he's pink. <laughs>
0: exactly. I'm practically translucent. Okay. My chromosomes are from Denmark and they are a genetic adaptation to deal with an abs, you know, with a lack of sunlight. I'm white baby.
1: <laughs> yeah. Anyway, white Nick Fury. Pale.
0: White Nick Fury is uh, yeah. concerned
1: about spy guard guy
0: at the end, right? <laughs> spy guard guy. <laughs> Uh, white Nick Fury. Um, it, it's interesting. It, Nick Fury is, has been white for most of the time that, that he's been around. Nick Fury, I want to say, st- like dates back to World War II, mm. not narratively, mm-hmm. but I think like when there there's like Nick Fury's Howling Commandos, and uh, I, I I'm pretty sure that, that that I'm right about that, but I think the you know the character dates from World War II, which is not to say that he. He must therefore be white, mm-hmm. but reality will be at the, there were no black superheroes in the nineteen forties, sure. <laughs>
1: uh,
0: at least not not mainstream ones. Um, I, I love that Samuel Jackson has inhabited that role. Like I, I find it jarring whenever I see white Nick Fury. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've only uh, ever
1: known Nick Fury as Samuel Jackson for a long time before we started seeing him here.
0: What MCU? Uh, we'll go ahead and call him an MCU actor, an actor who has appeared in an MCU movie, has played Nick Fury, has played white Nick Fury.
1: What actor who has appeared in an MCU movie yeah. has played white? Yeah. And it
0: was it was like a TV movie, I think, from the '90s, uh, maybe. But they did a like a Nick Fury thing. This is part of the decades of effort to get Marvel, uh, Marvel comics made into movies. Uh, don't think too hard. Just, Josh
1: Brolin. I don't know.
0: Uh, Josh. No, no, no. David Hasselhoff.
1: I mean, he, okay, <laughs> that's hilarious. <Yes. laughs> I was going to say he's not really an MCU actor, but no, okay, no,
0: well, that's yeah. why I call it an yeah. actor who has appeared. I mean, in
1: he's the not MCU. really an act. No,
0: he's an actor. Whoa, <laughs> I mean, he's an
1: actor more so than me.
0: Yes, well, that's a low bar. <laughs> clear, but uh, David Hasselhoff, like, he's he's an easy punching bag. Yes. Um, physically, he looks like. We're gonna keep calling him White Nick Fury forever. Physically, he, looks well, like no, White not Nick forever. Fury, he does uh, physically. He, he, he's a very... and if you if you look at a picture of him, like like, yeah, that that hits the mark. Yeah, no, I can yeah. see
1: that. I mean, he's got that sort of weird two tone hair. Otherwise, White Nick Fury is exactly, quite yeah. handsome, but yeah, he's got that like weird toupee on top of gray hair. <laughs> um. All right. Let's see. The Flying Shield base. The weird, like, has has this Susan B. Anthony dollar always been her, like, weapon of choice? That's I weird. don't think so. I think this is
0: the first and possibly only time. Like, I, I, I don't recall this being... Being a thing.
1: Was were they trying to like hype like was the Susan B. Anthony dollar just like released or re-released at that time and they were trying to like uh promote it? I didn't no, look it
0: up. No, no, no. Uh okay, so uh, my guess is that the Susan B. Anthony coin is narratively convenient in this issue. No. Uh yeah. she she needs to be able to be airborne and have something that she can use other than her fists, maybe uh, and you could, it's plausible to say that, uh, you, you could have a uh, Susan B. Anthony dollar in her pocket or some mm-hmm. shit like that. Um, it has an additional, uh, tone of, uh, I mean, uh, female empowerment is, 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 a trivial way to trivialize it, but, um, mm-hmm. it, it, it's a, it's a female icon yeah. and, and, um, uh, you know, appropriate for Rogue to use. Yeah. Uh, the Susan B. Anthony dollar was released prior to 1980. Mm. I know this because my parents were still together. Um, you will not be surprised to hear that my mother was delighted with the release of yep. the Susan B. Anthony dollar and bummed out that the American public didn't like didn't
1: it. Go for it, yeah,
0: yeah. And 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 just so we're clear, uh, it's not. It, the, the resistance to the Susan the dollar was not chauvinism, although America in 1979 or whenever was still a deeply chauvinist place and remains yeah. so. Um, no, it's like the dollar, it, it, it was basically the same size as a quarter.
1: Yeah, it's not, I don't know, it, 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 like, not using a dollar coin seemed not that weird to me when I lived here, but then when I lived places where the, yeah. you know, smaller currency is coins, it was like, why didn't yeah <laughs> like why not yeah. why didn't americans go for that i don't know yeah like
0: in the uk go like the one pound and the two pound of coins yeah. uh and it makes a great deal of sense
1: yeah or like um, the euros yeah
0: yeah uh yeah I, i'm about to make a remark about like going to a gentleman's club but um yes that would be the only consideration <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, which speaks against Dallas. but but i mean american currency is weird uh period uh this is one of these places where american exceptionalism is is a little hard to justify uh i don't lay awake at night griping about the fact that all of our dollars are two-tone and the same size <laughs> but but yeah the, the, there's when you when you look at other countries uh like the euro i love those because like i can reach my pocket i can i can tell you exactly how much money right, i have in that, coins yeah. and probably bills too
1: yeah i miss foreign money
0: i do too switzerland has weird shapes for their weird sizes for their coins Mm. as well like they've got some really tiny thing that's like five francs or some shit and some enormous coin that's Mm. i think like 120th of one franc or something crazy like that Mm. uh we've got some coins here i'm gonna look at them um
1: so i felt sad for rogue in this in this uh in this issue me too i felt um you know Sad, I guess, is the word that I used once and can't think of a better <laughs> word for. And, and then I'm curious, like, is this a – I mean, again, I, you will know, but I don't need to know. But it's like, is this just a filler thing or is this going to have some – When you say filler. Like, is this just a um, an issue that just tells its own sort of little self-contained story or is it going to continue on? I read the next one. I know that this doesn't crop up again in the next one. We're never gonna I'm, hear from I'm Ryan really again because he's at, really um, busy looking at our foreign coins.
0: We yeah, need to separate these by country.
1: Okay, you're making a lot of noise with those.
0: <laughs> that's for me to deal with, okay?
1: <laughs> if you don't stop, I'm gonna start going through the knitting yarn that's here to my right. It's
0: very you know, actually you know who has a lot to answer for is the UK. Tempting look, to look me. At, look at that tuppence coin. Yeah, they're huge. Yeah, they're enormous. They got they got maybe that's what that couldn't have been what I was thinking of. Yeah. They are really, really big. Yeah, the two P coin is uh Huge. Okay. All right. That's enough of that. Okay. Uh, but uh, we've got a uh, um, we've got a, a tin with some foreign coins uh, to our listeners. They might not know. Uh, but, ooh, and I left the so much money we've got. Yeah, we
1: money do have money. a lot of foreign money. I mean, not. I've like, got a lot of
0: yeah. We've got rubles. Like, we've got not uh, like tens
1: of thousands of dollars. Don't yeah. come break into our house. But. Right.
0: Right. Yeah, I've got some ringgits. I mean, it all amounts to very, very little. Little
1: actual money. Yeah.
0: Twenty pounds. I wish that Should yeah, take that to us. British
1: Airways, <laughs> buy some tickets to go to London. Hey,
0: hey, hey. We got all of these, all of these Hungarian forints, forints, forints. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. We're what, sad. What, what, what did you?
1: What is it that we're did here? You ask me? What is it that we're here talking about? <laughs> I asked you. I told you I was tired. I wondered aloud if. This was going to be a sort of a, the beginning of a new storyline or just a single sort of standalone issue so, uh, about something, you know, sad that that's happened to Rogue and, you know, to kind of make us feel sad for her, which I do.
0: Okay. So short, two things. You, um, one, how does the answer to that question change the way that you experience this issue? Okay. And, because that's important. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we get it that it's soap operatic and, and, and all of these things, you know, have connections um i'm gonna i'm gonna go a little bit further down this detour. One of the things that bothers me about <laughs> about me and my questions no okay although if I lump you into this category <laughs> <laughs> then yes <laughs> <All> <laughs> right. then, then yes um when when reading either reviews or fan comments or whatever, viewer comments about you know mcu stuff there is always no, so there's always there is often a non-trivial amount of space dedicated to, well, gosh, what does this mean for what happens next? Yeah, yeah, no, I get and that. And yeah. I understand where that's coming from, but to me, that has very, very little value um, because I want to know what's happening now.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it has very little value to me in yeah. terms of the future, but, like, it would have very little value to me if I didn't have to lock myself into this closet and talk with you about it for an hour <laughs> I don't have to do that. I'm here by choice. <laughs>
0: we, we, we are like this close to having like a legit argument. I should. No, I'm sorry true. for having looked through the coins. Okay, no, 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 I can tell that. Not at all. I, I think I touched a nerve there. No, not at all. Um, so, mm. in terms of like, like, does this play out or anything? Like, um,
1: I'm curious. I'm not saying that you have to answer. It was a question that I posed to myself as I was reading it. Like, is this important? The relationship between Nick Fury, the spy guard, the Hellfire Club, S.H.I.E.L.D., you know, um, Michael Rossi, Rogue, the X-Men, whatever, or is this just going to be a sort of an in passing issue? Again, you don't have to answer it. It was just something that I pondered.
0: All right. Well, there's actually like, like kind of two different, different um, uh, narrative threads. Rogue and Michael Rossi, Uh, that is something that, uh, I'm experiencing in this issue because it is a, it is a complete story in this issue. Because it's a comic and Claremont's writing it. Yeah. Like Nick Fury at the very, when we're closing out saying Nick Fury says like capture a dead or alive, it's legit to speculate what's going to, what that's going to mean. Um, ditto the Hellfire Club. So the Hellfire Club they're back uh they're right. in the mix and that'll pay off at some point in the future. Right. Like like that's cool. Right. Um but to me those are uh secondary to to the main narrative which is Rogue's uh,
1: identity crisis
0: her, her her trauma. Yeah. Uh now we've we've experienced You've certainly seen a lot of of what you what you need to to know about Rogue. Mm-hmm. Uh, she shows up as a villain, and you may remember that issue. and Carol Danvers is there, right. and that's where they they tell you about what had happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we see her d- d- very emotionally frail and vulnerable appearing at Xavier's mansion, saying, "I need help." Right. Uh, And she's not trusted, and she's an outsider. This is the first issue where we're focusing almost entirely on her, Mm -hmm. and it's amazing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, It's very poignant to go from the beginning... You know, the splash page, she's happy, she's free, she's liberated. Right. She is at peace with herself. And what we're going to do over the course of the story is right. we are going to remove all of that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We're going to pull the Jenga block at the bottom of this fragile it, tower yeah, yeah. Like and she watch all of feels the pieces like shatter. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. And um, as, as, an, as someone who's reading it, simultaneously sympathize you know we, I pity Rose. yeah I'm also aware and the story makes us aware we need to be made aware mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm.
0: she is the cause of this right yeah yeah because actions have consequences uh, our choices are things that we live with and however ambiguous that may be in terms of universal justice, because you can say, well, she's being punished too much, or she's not being punished enough, or I don't what think have that, you.
1: I mean, her action was unintentional. I don't think she intended for all of that necessarily to happen, but she was a baddie. Sure. yeah.
0: And, yeah. It, exactly. Um, the, it, and both of those things can exist at the same time. And it's one of those qualities that just really hammers home for me... However much you want to talk about superhero comics, about this genre of being hyperbolic and unrealistic, that is super realistic. Yeah. In terms of my experience of the universe, Mm -hmm. um, I get it that I make choices and those choices have consequences. The consequences might not be just. Right. In terms of I've been unjustly rewarded
1: at times. From time to time, Yep.
0: Uh, maybe unjustly, unjustly punished.
1: punished. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So there you have it. Yeah. So what happens with, uh, Michael Rossi? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. That was like a pretty deep way of, uh, you know, a deeper way than I had looked at it <laughs> when I read it. <laughs> maybe if I had read it a second time, I would have come up with something, uh, you know, that, that, uh, articulate. Yeah. What's the right word? Uh, yeah. <laughs>
0: I, I can't come up with the right word. Uh, uh, um, okay, yeah, can't quite can't quite express it. Um, uh, other other thoughts? Uh, do you have other other notes? I know you, no, I've written a couple that. There was some cool art notes. on page
1: eleven where there was yeah. like the thing with the gun, where like the 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 spy guard comes in, and you, first you feel like he's standing in a doorway or something, and then you actually realize that it's like he's. You, you're seeing a gun in the foreground yeah. and the guard in the background. That was pretty cool.
0: Uh, John Romita Jr. is doing really fantastic yeah. stuff here. Um, and I'm pretty sure that we've got the same colorist that we that we have had. The colors on this are really terrific. Uh, Glynis Ween is the colorist. And let's say that that's who has been <laughs> doing it other yeah. times. Yeah, colors are really awesome. Uh, notable that Uh, two editors on this issue. This marks the transition editorially from, um, uh, Louise, Louise, um, she's not Louise, she's Louise Jones at this point. Louise Jones. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, soon to become, or at some point to become Louise Simonson. Uh, so this is the transition from Louise Jones to, um, Anna Senti. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and Nacenti is with the book for I want to say like possibly until the end, hmm. uh, the end of Claremont's uh, tenure uh, with the title.
1: Yeah, I don't know. It's but part of me is like I'm sitting here thinking like, oh, should I be surprised or like pleasantly surprised that they're like the that the editors are women in in sort of a maybe a male dominated yep. or male sort of uh, something that. Maybe caters more to male uh, readers, but maybe I shouldn't feel surprised or pleasantly surprised by that. Maybe that was more common in the '80s than I think it
0: was. Women in those roles—you should be a little bit surprised, but like not that surprised. Yeah. Um, we got to watch this uh, Claremont interview because uh, you'll see Anne Anne and Nascetti and 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 Louis Simonson there. Um, Real quick anecdote: I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Repeat one that and says there. And Ascenti is talking about um, how she started to work for Marvel Comics. She she was looking for a job to like intern at a publisher. Mm-hmm. Uh, She's in New York, and she wanted to get a sort of a writing, publishing uh, kind of career started, and so she saw an ad placed, and uh, they were looking for an editor, mm-hmm. and she applied to it, and they said, well, "What sort of material is it?" Well, we can't really tell you over the phone, right, or something like that, and so she she says, "I thought, well, okay, it's porn, right." <laughs>
1: Got to be but, born yeah. exactly,
0: yeah. But it turned out to be comic comics. books, which is <laughs> uh, I think equally embarrassing. But uh, what, what's what's great is you know, Andrew's like, you know, whatever. <laughs> you know, just, just right.
1: I'll go. I'll go for the
0: interview. Paycheck we'll a paycheck. Yeah. You know, I, I gotta. <laughs> I, I gotta make yeah, a living the studio here. Studio doesn't pay for itself. Um, yeah. So there, there are, there are not as many women as there should be in comics. Full stop. Yeah. Um, In the 80s, there were more of them than there were in the 90s. I, I, my feeling, and because I'm feeling it, that means that it's it must be true, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> My feeling yeah. is that uh, comics took a, a sort of a, a hyper-masculine lurch in the 90s. In the 90s. And a lot you lot of that caused... huge-ass guns and fucking, yeah, yeah. Do you
1: think that was... Do you think that happened because there were fewer women, or do you think there were fewer women because that happened? Both, both, both.
0: I, I think that it was a vicious I cycle. An uh, I can say that. What's that? <laughs> I said well, that's not an answer. Uh, I can say that. I, I think the root cause of that, at least from Marvel Comics perspective, is just really awful. Uh, leadership mm-hmm. at, at the company itself. And, and this is a, a, a very, very well, well-worn mm-hmm. story. Documented story, yeah. It, 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 right. They they were always on the verge of bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. And they found that by retitling it, you know, starting from, from issue number one, those bullshit, you could do a lot of quick cash grabs. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, even in the late eighties, they were doing these annual events and crossovers to try and entice people to do stuff, but there was a lot of devaluation of the, of the titles. And so there was a move towards sensationalism, the kind of storytelling that Chris Claremont did very, very well, uh, needed the, needed a level of support and nurturing that, The people who had the money just didn't want to do. Didn't want
1: to do. Yeah. Okay. Well, that makes sense.
0: And I know that there's not a direct line between that and a shift to male folks. But I think in terms of where like a 19-year-old, 20-year-old would spend their disposable income, Mm -hmm. I think that the male consumers were more bankable.
1: Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Plausible.
0: Yeah therefore it's true
1: therefore it must be true
0: but um i I, returning to louise and and Anne, uh and and claremont claremont has really great female characters Mm -hmm. um i don't know if it's maybe a chicken or the egg thing maybe he got female editors because he he could write those characters better and i'm sure that they informed how he would do that um However that happened, I'm delighted because we get, like, Rogue is a fantastic character under Claremont's writing. Right. Uh, Araro can't say enough good things about her. Right. Uh, and Wolverine has, uh, I think, an appropriate level of emphasis. Yeah.
1: I mean, looking, I mean, obviously I didn't read comics as a, as a yeah. child, which we all know, but, like, looking back, thinking about the issues that I've read, there's nothing specific about them that would necessarily appeal more to a little boy than would to a little girl. Th- these issues. Yeah, really- these past yeah. issues, yeah, yeah, all exactly. of the issues yeah. that we've read going back to when we started yeah, it, this venture it, it, nearly a year ago. Uh,
0: Something I think like over, that. A, year over a year ago. Over a <laughs> year ago. Yeah, did yeah. we
1: skip our first anniversary?
0: We, we did get a lot of email about that. <laughs> asking why we didn't make more of a yeah. fuss about the, uh, the first anniversary of um, um, yeah, the x files.
1: But, uh, yeah, there's nothing, there's nothing particularly like catering or you know something that feels like well why you know girl like i wouldn't have wanted to read this when i was a little girl Mm -hmm. um there's nothing like that about these issues so that's interesting to see that you know if it shifts to like a a more male thing it becomes more interesting to little boys or, but and when when we say little, boys, the, yeah. the the
0: the average age of a comics reader in in the 80s and 90s would have been about 19.
1: Yeah, Oh, really. Okay, that's all. And than when we say thought. the like like the
0: average human has fewer than two arms. <laughs> um yeah. y- y- you're going to have a lot of adults who ad- adults who read stuff. Um but, but you can say well they're not all 7-year-olds yep. reading it. Yeah.
1: Interesting. All right. Um, I, I can't
0: say that there are more, or there, you know, there are a few uh, female creators at Marvel today.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, I don't want to say necessarily more in terms of writers. Um, um, Louise and Anne wrote some of their own stuff. Mm-hmm. Ann Asenty did a thing called uh, Beauty and the Beast that was, uh, eh, I'm sorry, not that awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it was weird. But we've like like Teenie Howard and uh, Kelly Thompson. They're doing a bunch of stuff uh, at Marvel. uh, Some of which is quite good. It's it's um I want to say Thompson did uh, a thing on on Jessica Jones. that was uh, pretty awesome. Jessica Jones (laughs) was
1: pretty awesome.
0: Yeah, very different apples and oranges. uh, But but they're doing some some kind of cool stuff. So you're getting female creators. We haven't even talked about the fact that uh, like zero African American creators mm-hmm. at, at comics mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that i mean it, it like the influence there is like so negligible that we can't even talk about a right. push and pull between the right. 80s and 90s right right yeah um because <laughs> there and, were and none then <laughs> yeah there remained yeah, none there exactly, remain exactly. None. <laughs> yeah also none. Um, <laughs> and, 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 i mean in the marketplace i mean i'm sure that there were you know proportionate consumers
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh period hmm. um and it's uh, anyway, uh, we won't get started about how um, you, those consumer blocks are just taken for granted. Right. Because uh, you know, we know that, like, they got nothing else, right? That, you know, mm-hmm. uh, more is the pity. But uh, there are more African American voices in, in comics today, today than, right. than, than at no either war. of those yeah. times. Yeah. Yeah.
1: All right. <laughs> I don't think I have anything else. Do you have anything else?
0: I don't think that I have anything else. We do need we do need a slight close here because I, I felt like I was rambling a little bit too much, and I want to I want to hear more from you. More from me. I, I do want to hear from more from you. Um, I, I don't have
1: anything more to say about uh, the goths. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was not going to ask uh, about the goth. Maybe um just d- d- very very quickly, just because I want to I want to I want to hear I want to hear the sound of your voice. Uh, but now <laughs> and later when I listen to the recording, um, what are you reading? R- 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 what are you reading right now? What 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 non-comic? You're you're reading. Li- I can't finish a goddamn. What sentence.
1: am I? What am I non-comically reading right now? Not yeah, much exactly. actually. I'm sort of taking a break from.
0: You got a couple know, I of books kind of on your nightstand. So I do. Day. I
1: have. I'm reading. I'm the only book I'm currently actively reading is something called the. I don't even know how to pronounce it. The Apiragon,
0: Apiragon Okay.
1: Apiragon yeah. by Colin McCann. It's uh, timely. I started it before, but it's a book about the Middle East. Um, mm. Apiragon is a the name, the title, is an object with an infinite number of sides. Okay, so it's like sort of based on a true story, sort of fictionalized. Um, that someone okay. in my in my Judaism class recommended.
0: So th- 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 this is this is fiction.
1: It's sort of fictionalized ish nonfiction. It's kind of based on a nonfictional relationship between two men. Uh, okay. An Israeli and a Palestinian, both of whom lost daughters in the sort of awesome. violence okay. in that part yeah. of the world some time ago. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of, a, I guess, a fictionalized account of their friendship and whatever else. I'm enjoying it. Oh, good, good. Yeah. And, uh,
0: what's the other book on your
1: I have something called the... Uh, what's the title of it? The author is Martin Gurry, who's like a a former cia intelligence person about um communication like the internet and stuff and i don't know i'd heard it uh recommended a couple different places
0: you need to suggest a fiction book uh for me like i i've read david i've read two books by david parada and i've read some Curtis sittenfeld and Mm -hmm. that's basically it Hmm. for me for modern fiction for like the last two years
1: Hmm. you should read one of the the first expanse
0: book how about, how about like a non-genre fiction?
1: Non-genre fiction yeah. book. Hmm, I'm gonna have to look at my list of books that I've read. Okay, because I mean, I can't you, you, re-
0: you read a ton of shit. I mean, I like, do. we probably even have like a book in this house.
1: That... Oh, I'm sure that there's a book in this yeah. house that you would enjoy. I do read a lot of stuff, but I kind of it kind of goes in. I know. Um,
0: yeah. In
1: waves, a little bit for me. Right.
0: Right. Uh, Bear right,
1: Town. What? That's a good one. Beartown? Yeah. Or the other one by Frederick Backman. Uh,
0: Bachman. The the Stephen King pseudonym? No. It's Richard Bachman. C K
1: M A N. Uh, Anxious People. That's a good one. I recommend that book to anybody.
0: Do do we own that? No. I read it on Libby. Okay. Maybe I'll check it out. I I do. Yeah, I forget about Libby. I I did read. uh, It's Richard Bachman. Yeah.
1: Leave the World Behind is another good one. Sort of a low key dystopia type thing, but not like science fiction y at all.
0: Okay. Yeah. Like the left, one well, of the leftovers is not really a,
1: a little bit like thing. the leftovers, but less funny.
0: Like more like the leftovers was funny, sort of. I don't, I don't like Pirata. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I don't like him. I, I mean, his, his stuff is enjoyable. Rather, I I enjoy the the experience of reading him, but I look back and I'm like the leftovers. Are like
1: me, me. I enjoyed the leftovers. I mean, like a, if I had to write a summary of it right now, would I be able to remember mostly? What I remember is that the people, people the people smoked, right? Why is that the <laughs> yeah, thing? That yeah, I, yeah. That's exactly what I was going to say: is that the people smoked? And that was kind of funny. Time. Yeah. Um, yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, like, I don't know. Uh, okay, And Mrs. I, and Mrs. Fisher, by the way, was like. The most literate letter to Penthouse yeah, it was. <laughs> that anybody's ever written, and every time I read that, because like I, you know, comic books, I get it, and like mail and everything like that. I'm reading like Mrs. Fisher, and they're gonna they're gonna be doing like a, a TV adaptation yeah. of that, and everybody's like, y'all realize that like Larry Flint <laughs> can't wait to see this. Yeah, no, no, like like Larry Flint commissioned uh... this to 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 steal up his reputation. <laughs> uh, so you, you want to pick on comics all your life. they don't do stuff that's like. Anyway, yeah, uh, I
1: don't know. I need to. I need to. Buy, I buy a lot of nonfiction books because I want to improve myself. I hear about them and I'm kind of curious about them. Why do you need to improve um, yourself? You're perfect. That's false. Did you read the thing unrelated to any of this? Yeah. Did you read? So there was a thing in the Atlantic about. Um, it was in
0: the Atlantic, I probably read it about cats. I didn't read it.
1: There was a thing in the Atlantic about cats, and it yeah. made me angry because it was stupid and it didn't need to be written.
0: I think I read the first paragraph of that. It's something about like there's a cat who goes into a box.
1: I mean, apparently all cats go into boxes, right? Our cat will also sit in an empty yeah, box. It mean, was like, a, like, like is, why does this need to be an a, article in The what, Atlantic? It,
0: this, I mean, I I read like the first couple of sentences of that, and it seemed like Dr. Seuss, but with more words.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was like, why do cats go into boxes? We don't fucking know. That's it. That's the whole article. I've summarized it. Yeah, okay. Here are some reasons, but we don't know because cats can't talk, and also we don't know. And now we're done. Here's this article in the Atlantic. Yeah. I don't know for yeah, some reason yeah, it really, could, really irritated me.
0: I could see that. Yeah. I could see that because uh, yeah, yeah, we don't give a shit. Um, and here's the thing: I, I'm, I'm all in on. I mean, if they have an article about like this is the history of grape jelly, why is grape jelly so much more popular? Like, I'm on board for that. Yeah, I mean, I'm, it, those kinds of trivial pursuits, like, like I'm into. It depends on how they're written. Uh, because you, you, it's it's real easy to it's real easy to do that badly
1: yeah I mean the the history of grape jelly it's like it's like reading the the Stella Parks book about the history of fucking devil's food cake or whatever else like it's oh, that, kind of oh, interesting right yeah, yeah, sorry, yes, but like Parks. why do cats do this? We don't know. Okay, <laughs> so when you started researching this and you realized that you couldn't yeah. fucking figure out why cats sit in boxes, maybe you should have just not written the article. Well, you know,
0: they've got to think about a deadline. Yeah, so.
1: okay. anyway. I mean, I'm sure that whoever the lady was that wrote the article is a wonderful uh, science writer.
0: but That's just you know. it may, might not be because, like I said, it, it, it's, that's hard to do. Yeah. And... That's that yeah. and, and just because you want to write about something doesn't mean that someone should want to read it yeah.
1: anyway, I was I mean it was a very short read but I was still annoyed about the time that I'd spent reading it and if you get the Atlantic don't read that
0: article you should get the Atlantic you should
1: get the Atlantic because sh- they do have a lot of good stuff yeah I read the
0: Atlantic all the time yep. uh, really fantastic magazine uh, great long piece long-ish piece about um, uh, the Confederacy and how we mm. kind of can't let that go by the way, the Civil War was fought because of slavery yep that's it yep and slavery's bad and that's all that we have to say for this yeah week.
1: i mean you know who can argue with that all right <laughs> all right we'll see, see y'all ya. next week
0: thank you for listening to the x-men files we're available on spotify itunes stitcher and google podcasts if you listen please rate us if you want to drop us a note you can reach us via email at cerebro at x-men you can also check out our website Our theme music is Invasion to Space Frog by Checky Brown. That music available under a Creative Commons license. Everything else was written, produced, and performed by Brian and Inessa.